0: podcast about trusting the process. And no one in this family is more willing to trust this process than the one, the only, Nikki Noodle. Welcome.
1: Hello, hello. It's good to be here back on the pod finally. I make my long-awaited return and I'm sure the masses have missed me, all, all five of our listeners, I'm sure. They can't wait to hear me. They probably think I'm my brother right now because we sound so similar, but no, I am the younger one.
0: Only you are someone who strokes their mustachio while uh chatting with me on the pod.
1: yeah, it's you know I' put in a lot of work, so you know just you know it's always good to be be proud of you know the work you put in you do
0: you do and um how how are you feeling on this fine Monday evening?
1: Oh, oh you know it's a Monday, it's a Monday, but I got some good news today, so Nobody on the pod would know, but I broke my foot recently, mm. and there was a little concern that I may have had to get surgery, but got the all clear today, so no surgery, just in the moon boot, and happy days. That is good news. Do you know how many weeks you're going to miss? Probably around that six to eight
0: weeks, Six to eight. Mm. You've got to be diligent with your rehabs. Uh, don't go to Sean Murphy or the Essendon crew, because then you will be out for the year.
1: Uh duly noted. I will I will find someone not involved with the Essen and Football Club mm. and I should be right.
0: Mm. Mm. So Nikki, 1 and 6 is where we sit after seven rounds of football and if you're fair and reasonable like I am, not one to engage in hyperbole, we're done. We're cooked. Stick a fork in us. We might as well start tanking. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know this organization's a joke. You know we're terrible. You know we're never gonna see we're never gonna see a flag in our lifetimes. It's done. It's done. No, I, no.
0: I, I will not see another flag in my lifetime. You're you're not even forty yet.
1: You're still in your <laughs> mid thirties. Relax, relax. When the penny drops, all right, it's just gonna be raining success. We're gonna be going. How good's footy? How easy is this? I'm so glad I supported this football club during all the dark days. Made it all many- worth it
0: many thousands of dark days.
1: Yeah. I think it's been like 20,000 days since we won, won a final. So,
0: <laughs> mm, mm. so, um, Nicky noodle, why don't we jump right in? Let's not have a break. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's get into our dislikes and likes and have a chat about the game in general. Why don't you kick us off?
1: Oh, well, one like has just, just got to be Nick Martin. He just, he just continues to show up every week in he's five or, five or six games that he's played. And he looks like a seasoned
0: veteran. Just runs I'd... hard, kicks the ball beautifully. It's great to watch. I do not know how that kid did not get drafted in his draft year. He is so good.
1: It, yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty pretty astonishing, really. You'd you think someone like that would... like Looking back at it, the way he's playing now, you think, oh, he, he would have had to have been a top 10 pick in his draft year. But...
0: Yeah, no, it's good Good to see. He, he's one that we have absolutely stolen. I don't know where he came from. Well, I do know where he came from because I'm an Essendon Nuffy. But another game, 25 disposals, 14 kicks. Um, you know, should have kicked a goal. He normally sinks those ones. But it's not even about his numbers. It's about how composed and how smooth he is with the football and how good of a user he is. Mhm exactly right. I mean it just got a, I think it was the
1: last third or the fourth quarter where he works hard back defensively. Shock, not many players do that. He uh, he gets the ball contested situation, spins out of trouble and then has this low 45 degree kick to Parish. Parish drops it, but Parish takes that mark, we're away and it's the grand difficulty of that kick and the way he's done it is like he like you think he'd played it. he would have played 150 games by
0: now. That's how good mm. it looked. Mhm. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely one. I don't know how old is he. He is twenty-one this year. Twenty-one this year. Yeah, because he, he's oh, rising geez. star nominee. We found one for sure. Yeah, one I one. think he will be a very good player for many years to come for this football club mm. because he he doesn't really do anything flashy. He just is composed works and works hard and knows how to find the footy and knows how to dispose of the footy, which is all you can ask for,
1: really. Yeah but uh, I mean, mean, give him two years, the club will probably ruin him and then we think what a waste of talent, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right, that's right. Trust the process, Nicky. Trust the process. I do trust
1: the process. And the process says he's going to be a superstar, he's going to play 250 games for the club and it'll be good.
0: How many of those will be wins, do you reckon, out of 250? Uh,
1: Probably about 42, realistically.
0: I reckon 42.
1: But you know, a boy can dream, and maybe he could be forty-three. Who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All that matters is when those wins are, and if they all come in a two-year period, then that's great. Yeah, that's all that matters. Two flags, two flags back to back. What could you ask? What more could you ask for? Yeah, uh, three. You could ask for three, <laughs> three. Yeah, or four, four. You know, yeah. even five in a row go pretty nice. It would, it would. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I agree. I think uh. The the what do they call him on the sash? Ricky Martin, the Latino love god. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased. He's been probably the one shining light of this season that has been an absolute basket case, an absolute chamozzle. Um so I'm gonna go with one like before we get into dislikes, and that is the continued improvement of Sam Draper.
1: Hmm, yes, I agree. Mm.
0: Two games in a row where he has followed up on his tap work, he's impacted the contest, he's really put in a good shift. He's he doesn't have any skill when it comes to football at all, but he has he's playing with effort, he's tackling, he's getting the ball, he's following up, he's getting clearances. I've been pretty happy with his effort in the last two weeks.
1: Mm. He's yeah even though yeah he can't kick a football to save his life he's influential which is all you can ask for from a ruckman like mm. you can feel his presence like even we go back to last week he just ran through um lipinski mm. and even this week just grabbing the ball and he'll just he'll just run out of a pack stiff arm a few blokes gets mm. the ball moving which is all you can ask for
0: yeah yeah no so really happy with him and um on an effort basis Really happy with Sam Durham and Matt Gwelfy.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They've been good. Durham's yeah, been very I th- good.
0: I think Guelphie has become a mainstay of the best twenty-two. I think that uh, pressure forward position is now his to lose.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. He's been. I, I haven't watched a lot of SN games this this year, but the last much. two weeks, yeah. So I keep getting told the last two weeks it's just been very clean at ground level. He's not holding onto the ball too long. Like he's sort of, it almost seems like he's now picked up the knack of just picking up the ball and getting rid of it before taking an extra few steps and getting tackled, holding mm-hmm. the ball sort of thing, which I could I could recall happened numerous times last year where he just held the ball for far too long mm. and he got caught.
0: Tried to do too much a little bit last year, whereas he yeah. seems to be assessing his options better and taking mm. it quicker. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and on the same note, Sam Durham is just all effort, right? He's just 100% effort, like a 100% of the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, all he's a, all maximum effort, so you know you're going to get from him, and that's all you can really ask for.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, really happy with... Well, really happy. Moderately happy with those three. No, really happy with Nick Martin. Moderately happy with Guelphie, Durham, and Draper. And then... It's a long, long margin before I'm even somewhat pleased with it. Well, no, Archie Perkins showed a little bit. But um, for the most part, that game was painful to watch.
1: Mm, yeah. I only saw the second half because I had work,
0: but yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't nice. Mm. It just all day from from the first bounce... It had the look of a typical Essendon game from 2020, in that we'd be in the game, we'd be just holding on till about half time. And then I had the real impression that at half time, um, we'd get blown out in the third quarter and we'll end up losing by six or seven goals. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at the scoring shots, We had 21 scoring shots to what? They're 23. 23 or something, yeah. Yeah. So early on, we didn't take our chances, as has been the case over almost every game this year. And ultimately, it cost us because we didn't get a lead. We didn't put scoreboard pressure on. And eventually, they were going to have their patches. And when good teams, so anyone not Essendon, has a patch, they put on two, three, or four goals. Whereas we really labor to even get the ball in our forward line. Um, Mm. And um, ultimately, that was the difference.
1: Yeah, not taking your chances. Mm. Pretty much something. It happened against Collingwood as well. They kicked 15-3 and we've kicked like 10, 10 10-11 or something.
0: Yeah, yep. And and the thing is, I think 10 of their goals came from... uh, our back half, their forward half turnovers. So this is my big concern, is that I don't think we've kept anyone under 100 points this year. And since the day he has arrived, Truck has been preaching team defense. And the hallmark of our season this year has that we lose the ball in our forward line, we have no forward pressure, and teams consistently go coast to coast very, very easily. There was so many passages of play yesterday where it would end up in our forward line. They'd get an intercept for some reason or another and just kick, kick, kick. Three kicks later, they'd be in their forward line having a shot for goal.
1: Yeah, I was watching a clip today where... I I honestly don't think this is Chuck's fault. I honestly think this is a player issue and that it's player mentality because I was literally... I was watching a video today. It would have been either Access All Areas or Triple M was showing footage or something. Mm-hmm. And I've literally seen one one dog's midfielder in between uh shield and parish neither of them have gone to him shield just continues to sag back they've then hit up the player in between parish has gone to the mark and then shields just stuck 15 20 meters away just standing there guarding no man's land mm-hmm. I'm sitting there watching and going like what are you doing there like mm-hmm. like that's just a silly spot like either hey, you're not." Know, you got to track back and get into a dangerous position because he's... Over here, he's on, like, center wing. There's no one behind him, and the only... Well, actually, there's one player behind him, but he's marked by an Essendon defender. Mm. And it's like... You're, just, you're, just, you're guarding nothing there. Like, it's a 15-meter kick. You've got to get back because if it goes long, you've got numbers at the contest, and you've got mm-hmm. to back your defenders to close down the lead. Like,
0: it's just... Yeah, stuff like that, and you're just like, like what are you doing defensively? Well, this is the thing, is that we've been supposedly working on this... Since truck arrived in 2019, because he was um, in charge of team defence, and we are consistently terrible at it, and we're worse this year than we were last year. So, what are they attempting to achieve, and why is it not working?
1: That's a great question. That unfortunately, I don't think either of us are equipped to under to answer why it isn't working. But I think it's predominantly a player thing, and literally just. Mentality, Because there is... You ask any player, it is so much... Even, like, from every level, AFL to local to junior level, it's so much easier running to goal than it is running with your back turn to goal. Like, it's all mentality. And that's that's why Shield got dropped, because, like, he just has, doesn't have a defensive bone in his body. And so I generally think it is, like, we don't have the personnel or players are just... There's too many egos in the dressing room or something like that. Because players, I think... I don't think it's a coaching thing, because... Like, if Chuck can build up a team defense at Richmond who win going with three flags in four years, he's, he's built up. I reckon that's enough of a resume to say, yeah, he knows what he's doing in that aspect. And it's got to be, why is it not working at our club? And it's
0: purely, I think it's a lot of it's got to do with the players. So, but that's his job though. His job is to get the players on board. His job is to make sure that they know where to run and to get the most out of them.
1: So, But if they don't want to do not want to do that, if players are just so stuck... Like, you think know, Dylan Shield for 10 years has just probably been told, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can run forward. Don't worry about track, tracking back. Someone comes in and says, no, mate, like, you have to start doing the team thing. Like, there's going to be a bit of ego and there's going to be... I'm not even going to say transition because... It's it's only like a few players who probably pretty much throughout all their coaching, all their juniors, sorry, and throughout most of the career have just been allowed to just run wherever they want. Don't have to worry defensively. I remember I was listening to uh, Brendan Goddard on the radio the other week, and he was saying Parrish early in his career, why we kept dropping him because he wasn't running defensively. And he had issues like that. And it's like you can't have Shield and Parrish. You probably both don't want to run as hard defensively as they do offensively.
0: Mm. Um which is why I think it's it's a personnel thing. So then what's the solution? Is it you trade those players that don't want to run defensively, one or two of them, to get in players that are more willing to run defensively? Because if you're not getting the most out of them, like as the head coach, it's your job to instill that in them or come up with a plan where people whose defensive running is their strength are in the team doing that job and the offensive people are doing the other job. I think you only trade them if they're just sitting around the resis, not doing anything.
1: So it really depends if Shield, if he gets dropped again, if he doesn't. If he gets dropped again, it depends. How long does he spend in the resis until it finally clicks in his brain? It's like, all right, shit, I got him to get my act together. Or if he clicks straight away and it's like, all right, you now you can be a valued member of this team. Mm. So it really depends because it's like a coach and like, that are recruiting stuff. It's like, we don't want to be paying Shield 800k a year to sit in the resis. But then again, we don't want to pay him 800 grand a year to not do what it, what's being asked of him on game day. We're mm. probably being a bit unfair because we're all pinning... We're, it's not just one bloke that isn't running... No, it's the whole thing. team. It's No, and Shield's the just the
0: example because he was yeah. the one that was dropped this week and then has come back into the team. But
1: yeah, like something has to give where you've got to make a statement it's like, if you don't want to do what we need you to do, then... Go play, trade in the resis.
0: Hmm. So, I mean, part of the issue for us has been the the number of injuries that we've had to this stage of the season that have severely hurt our structure. It's not necessarily that these players make a five-goal difference, but someone like Snelling, for example, is a really good pressure player. He's a good chaser and he's a good tackler. And he hasn't been available for... Whatever reason. Personally, I think it's poor management by the club. I think it's poor rehab and, and poor training load management. But the it's not the point. He hasn't been available for long periods. We haven't had an established second tall forward be available for long periods. Um we've missed our next best pressure player in Anthony McDonald Tippin' Woody for whatever reasons. You know, he's he's unavailable for Um, whether it's injury, whether it's fitness, whether it's mental health issues, he just hasn't been around. Um, And then Langford, another key role player, you know, in our team is not there. So I, I get the point that those missing players all add up, right? So I understand that potentially you're having people play out of position that they haven't trained in all preseason and therefore defensively don't know where to run. But at some point, you have to say, All right, you're all professional footballers. You need to be able to adapt. Yeah, you've trained as a back flanker all preseason, but we need you on the wing or we need you here. Like it can't be that complicated that you can't adapt your role, um, particularly after seven weeks. Because these players haven't been available for seven weeks.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. I think yeah. No, you are right in that you're a professional athlete, and at the end of the day, like you will always have a man on the field. So you will always have a starting point defensively and it's your direct opponent. And mm-hmm. it's not that hard to work it out. Like literally set a bounce. You look at the the number on your opponent's back. Alright, that's my man. When we haven't got the ball, where's this bloke? When we have got the ball, we'll... Where am I running to? Which is mm. completely different. But
0: defensively, you will always have a starting point. And but the thing is, uh, watching the game yesterday is—it it seems to me that we want to lose the when we lose the ball, we want to all push back and create sort of this this zone defense from our um, half forward line back, right, to stop them from moving the ball effectively. But then all they do is hit up. Spare player after spare player after spare player. And they seem to have no pressure on the player receiving the ball. So what good is guarding space if teams can just kick it to a spot in between two of your players with no pressure? And that's, yeah.
1: And that probably probably identified there the whole the issue encompassing the team is that when it's your time to go in a zone, like, you got to go. Like, the whole point of a zone is, is that you don't just sit there and guard space. It's like mm. when a player runs into your space... You then commit to that
0: player. You need to you need to man up at, as they run through your space. I mean, th- this is what happens in basketball anyway. Not that I'm a um, a basketball expert, but as soon as that person, let's say it's a three meter area in basketball, as soon as someone comes into that, you go to that player and become man on man until they leave the zone, and then the next person's supposed to come across. Happens in soccer all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say um, yeah,
1: soccer is like the perfect example of that about like zone defense. Hmm. Um, that's,
0: that's like if yeah. if the left back. Goes forward on on um you know on an attacking run, then a defensive min- midfielder slots into the left back role to cover that space and they keep that line in defence. That's that's what the team is supposed to be doing, but no one's doing it. Yeah, and then look, and this is probably when it does.
1: You probably can ping it back to truck. Then is it they're not being coached properly, or they don't understand how a zone works, or uh, is it a personnel issue? And I'm very much in the personnel issue because that is. That's purely about intent and want to to influence the contest and to, to, get, each, to get to each uh, contest. Because if someone's slicing up your zone, that means there's going to be players anywhere from like two to five meters either side of them. And that is purely mentality about, all right. And even just being smart enough to read the play. It's like, he's looking this way. He's going to kick it in my direction. All right, let me locate a Western Bulldogs player. Where's he going to want to run to? you identify the spaces that he's going to look for the hit up and then you just, you commit. You go, you start running to that space where he's already leading into.
0: And then... Because ultimately, I would rather that the team gets through, but players are under pressure than watching them just easily hit a target, hit a target, hit a target, have a shot on goal. I'd rather see a Mason Redmond give away a free kick for, you know, a high contact spoil or something like that, or being over-exuberant you know, in, in the spoil and be late than just pressureless, pressureless, pressureless goal. Yeah. yeah, and that's the whole point
1: of a zone is that they don't get those easy kicks and ultimately you're either just sending them from left to right, which is what Frio did against Geelong on the weekend, or they're just going long down the line yeah. because they don't have an option and they just want metres. And and the thing is, that's exactly how we play.
0: Yeah, we, we just go
1: long down the line. Or we move the ball so
0: right. slow. This is what we were doing in 2020, Right. And everyone couldn't wait for Wurzfeld to get sacked. And now we're doing it again. You're going left to right and then long down the line. Except when we go down the line, no one's really making a contest or crumbing off the big blokes who are making a contest. No one understands how to be front and center. And so many times we would get the ball and you saw Jake Kelly. He must be thinking, why the fuck did I come to this football club from Adelaide? Because several times he's, he's holding the ball. He had a mark and he's like, why is no one moving? Yeah. So you have to work hard defensively, and then when you're on offense, you have to actually spread really hard, and we're not doing either. So if, if it's purely personnel and mentality, that's a truck problem. If we're not fit enough to do that, and we can't run out games, that's a Sean Murphy problem. And frankly, if we've got too many injuries to key players, particularly soft tissue injuries, that's a... Rehab, physiotherapy, potentially Sean Murphy problem. So there's a lot of issues on a lot of levels of this football club, which is really hurting our ability to compete. Yeah, it's
1: yeah, yeah, hit the nail on the head. There's yeah, there's a lot of things not going right at the moment, and it's like, what is going on? But hmm. yeah, it's it's sort of how do you rectify it? Because it's like we just you, yeah, you just numbered off things that that could be the problem. They can't be the problem. There's no. One problem where it's like, this is a big issue, where's the solution? Um, and, it, and back on that point about how we're playing in 2020 to how we're playing now, I also wonder, have teams like, have we tried to come out this year and play exactly how we did last year and teams have worked us out because we're playing exactly the same? And usually what, what good teams do is they find a way to adapt or they change their game plan some way because you've got to constantly adapt and evolve or else teams, they'll work you out and you fall behind. So I just wonder, has have we been worked out? And Truck just sort of... And it's probably going to happen when you're a young coach. It's going to be like, uh, you think it's just going to work. But no, you've got, to, you've got to change some things. You've got to create a few changes just so you can always keep your opponent guessing kind
0: of thing. But yeah. No, I, I think we are not playing the same as we were last year because a big hallmark of our play last year was forward handball. And all our handball is backwards this year. Yeah. So a big part of our play was just get it forward. Keep running, running waves, forward handball, forward handball. And then we got scored against, right? Because if we got a turnover, it would turn around and come the other way. Whereas we're not doing that anymore. We're going backwards handball, backwards handball, backwards handball, try and find a kick. No one's moving,
1: turnover. But is that is that backwards handball a result of teams going, Essendon are going to want to run it out with forward handballs. And so they either load up defensively, have a few spares, or they just know that, you just got to cover the space. It's good yeah. question.
0: I mean, I don't have I don't have access to the vision that um, that the clubs who analyse the games do. It could be, it could be. But you've got to look at the opposition that we've played, right? And really, how many of the games that we lost are against quality opposition? We lost to Collingwood. I think they're rubbish. We lost to Geelong. I think they're average. Um, the Bulldogs have been very average this year. Adelaide nearly beat us. They're very average. So the, the, the teams that we've lost to that have been good are Melbourne and Brisbane, I would say. The rest were all winnable games that for one yeah, reason Freo, or another... Freo
1: have just probably, I reckon... Freo smashed us.
0: I, I don't think... So I expected us to be performing this year like Freo are. To be 6-1. Not 6-1, but to be that team that is exciting and has improved on last year. And the reality is we haven't improved. We've gotten worse. In every facet of the football club, we have gotten worse. Probably on field. I think off field,
1: I think the club's still going all right. But I don't know the the gist of that. But obviously, yeah, the most important things on field. But Mm. yeah. Tom Brown was saying on Triple M that back of house, Essendon's quite strong and happy. It's just on the field that that's pretty much the only thing that's faltering at the club right now. Mm, I don't believe
0: anything that comes out of Tom Brown's mouth. Well, do you have a better source? I, look, I don't disagree that the president that we have um, has created stability in the football club. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I, when Certainly not in the same situation that we were when Saad and Danaher and Fantasia left. I don't think we're in that sort of mess, but we are playing like we're in that sort of mess. Um, And I don't think Dylan Scheel is the kind of player to crack the sads and sulk. I think if he gets feedback, I think he is a hard worker. He's a professional. He'll go back and work on it. Um, So I'm not concerned for the happiness of the football club, but I'm concerned for the effort that is consistently not there in the games each week. Yeah, or or the lack of connection between the players, or the lack of understanding of the game plan, or the lack of anything resembling a good, coherent football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It is yeah, it's concerning. Like, and I and I get I get that our team is really young. And do you, do you know where to find the average games of of a team? Do they post that anywhere? Oh, uh, if you just Google it, let me quickly Google. And so, I get that we're a developing team and I get that, you know, a lot of our players have played less than 50 games, most, you know, quite a few less than 30. Um, Uh, So, we
1: are entering this season, our average age was 24.2 years. So, that's that's Mm -hmm. ranked 12th. Yeah. And then average games is 56.8, which is ranked 15th, but... This was at the end of last year. So, if you add Nick Martin and yep. um, Wangadeen, we and get... the other draftees? This is after the draft.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So okay.
1: This is December last year. So, yep. you add in those two who are nineteen twenty one this year, haven't played any games. Yep. Our average games, I'm pretty sure we're, we're about 16th and I'm pretty sure average age, we're about 14th. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: so... Yeah. It is a young and developing list. And the thing is, you take out uh, Heppel, Stringer, um, and who else has played a few? That's about it. Um, Heppel, Stringer, oh, and then, right of course, um, Merritt, Parish, and McGrath, who have played 100. But I would say McGrath's still a developing player to me. I don't think he's, he's hit his best. Um, you take those out and it drops even more. I agree. It is a young developing team with a lot of work to do and they do just need games together. Um, but the the big concern for me is that there's just nothing, there's no patches of this game, of the games that I've seen this season where I'm like, oh yeah, I can see what they're trying to do. I can see what the game plan is. I can see how, you know, 10 centimetres in front, 10 centimetres to the left, that this game is coming together. I'm not seeing any of that. Whereas even in losses that we had last year, we were competitive. You know, mm. there was very few games that we lost by big margins. Most games were within a goal or so. And we were competitive in ninety percent of them. Whereas we have been competitive in one game this year. Oh, one game's is probably a bit harsh.
1: Okay. Adelaide we win. Collingwood competitive Brisbane, we were competitive. Mm. Uh, the only, like, real that Geelong game in the second half of Freo, are probably the only two times where we've just been
0: just non-competitive. Mm. We just pantsed. Yeah. It was, but it's a concern. I mean, it's a real concern. And this is to, you know, we're an Essendon podcast, so we don't really care about the Bulldogs. Um, they made the grand final last year, but they haven't been in good form. Um, and Yeah, we... They've still got, like, undeniable talent on that list, though. So even though, like,
1: they are underperforming, but it's like, they're still good players. Yeah. And they will, like... Yeah. We caught them at a bad time. Had they not lost to Adelaide last week, as a bit of a wake-up call, it's sort of like... we like Had they flogged Adelaide last week, or just beaten them, they could have walked into this game, and we could have been what Adelaide did last week, where you catch them half asleep... And we, we pants them, but...
0: No, nah, that's not... Essendon doesn't do that. No, nah, we play teams into form. I know, yeah. I know. Like, we... And I'm not even being facetious. Essendon just don't. We're never the team that steals a win. We're, we're always the team that, you know, teams that beat us, should beat us, beat us comfortably. Um, if you're in bad form, we'll play you into form. The Essendon so, way. The <laughs> Essendon way. So can we just have a quick chat about... Um, Reed, Cox, and Perkins. Yep. So I thought for his second game, Reed Reed looked okay. Um, didn't do anything. I mean, we saw some of his skills on show. Like his kicking was really neat, and I think we're just going to get games into him. I think he will still be monstered by big forwards, um, but it's very clear that they're going to just push games into him over someone like Zerk Thatcher, who I thought was really serviceable in his games. So I was surprised he got dropped, but I understand. they I think, probably maybe they've put the writing on the wall for Zerk. That, yeah, you can't play Lav,
1: um, Ridley, Reed,
0: and Zerk. Yeah, You're just too tall. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and he looked he looked good in patches. Um, Perkins, although not getting a lot of the footy, I think does some really nice things when he gets the ball. So I've been really happy with that. One thing, this is like, and this is
1: a purely coaching staff thing. He only mm. attended like once in a bounce on the weekend. Same with Hobbs. And it's like mm. like Perkins, like you can already see he's like powerful. I remember I was going through the draft combining results. He was like top 10 for vertical leap or running vertical, the 30 meter. And I think he also ran the 2K quite well. So it's like he's he's a powerful, powerful athlete. And is very much, I would think, in that Jake Stringer mold. Jordan mm. Degowi where he could just he'll just be explosive. It's like why are we not letting him go to the center bounce where they can mm. he can just and why are we sending in Stringer who looks clearly underdone or even Ben Hobbs it's like it's his second third game go in there sit on Mark sit on Bont and learn a thing or two off him. Don't, yeah, don't I agree. I wouldn't send 2
0: minutes ago. I would have preferred that they left Stringer in the forward line um because he's clearly not fit. And, and we're not saying that that should be his position going forward. It's it's very evident that a very strict, fit Jake Stringer should be playing the same role he did last year. But he's not fit enough yet. So I have no qualms with Perkins taking the centre bounces instead, even if he doesn't impact them, just for the experience. And same with Hobbs. Because hmm.
1: hmm. it's like we're a young team and like everything... Over the preseason, like people were hyping us up, like the media was, and the word out of the club was, just temper your expectations. We're still a young team. We only beat one top eight side last year that made mm-hmm. the eight. It's like, it's like, all right, if we're still a young team, like, you don't. I'm not saying leave them in in the, at the, every centre bounce, but it's like every third or fourth one. Let mm-hmm. them go in. Like yeah. they've got to learn. Like. It's like otherwise you, they're better off just going to the V foul and playing on ball there because if you yeah. want him to be a
0: midfielder, like yeah, it's silly. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm um I'm worried about Nick Cox. Mm. He, yeah, he he looks lost. He looks lost. He looks like he's being like he looks like it, the football is hard for him right now. And when he came in last year, it looked effortless. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on. Um, and I'm worried about his trajectory. I would, and I've said this most episodes, uh, this season, I would prefer if they want to teach him a new role for him to play in the VFL and play that role and really get confident in that role rather than trying to persist with him in the AFL in that role. Or... If you want to play him in the AFL, play him in his natural position that he played as a junior, which I think was centre-half back and centre-half forward. You'll know better yeah. than I would.
1: Yeah, so school footy was centre-half forward, but I'm pretty sure for the Knights, was centre-half back.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we played Harry Jones there and Harry Jones has been injured. So why couldn't we have let Nick Cox play his natural game and get some confidence there? Like, I'm just not sure what they're trying to do with him. I think yeah, I think it's just he's probably just a bit
1: down on confidence because he's round two goes down with an ankle, yeah, and always like you know coming back from an injury. You, Ankles are the t- worst. Yeah, you take a few weeks you know to get back into it, and then you know confidence in your body kind of thing, and now he's just gone down with an ankle again. Mm-hmm. So and also things like second year blues, like sometimes that just happens. Sometimes players just young players just have they don't reach the the lofty standard that they had that they set the year before. Um, but I think, yeah, it's probably just a confidence thing and probably, yeah, just a bit a bit down in the dumps, where he probably, yeah, does need a bit a spell on the two just to get his hands on the footy, Um, but, like, if he's up and about, like, he runs as well as a midfielder, kicks as well as a midfielder, but he's 200 centimetres, and mm. it's like, well, if you have this guy on the wing and he's up and about, like, not only is he skills of a midfielder, but will take a mark like a key position player, and it's like, You physically can't stop that unless you play a defender on the wing, a key defender on the wing, who's not going to be able to run like Nick Cox is. And it's like,
0: but yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But he just hasn't, yeah, he doesn't have the confidence at the moment. So look, I think he will be the key to our next successful period, which is what? Finish eighth and lose by fifty points, but he will be the most important player in that group. That's how talented he is. That's how good he is. Um, but he something's not right at the moment. Yeah, I think
1: yeah, I think it's just a confidence thing. Mm. I mm. though, yeah, you got to think as like a twenty-year-old. Like all your friends, like they're all going out on weekends, all partying, and it's like no, nah, you're a professional athlete. You just gotta you gotta spend your Saturday nights in
0: you got to wake up early. you got to go to recovery. And it's probably Mate, like. Don't give me that. There's a million 20 year olds that would trade their Saturday night at inflations for. <laughs> inflations? Yeah. <laughs> for... Where's that one located? I uh, can't remember now. Um, For time in a professional football environment. Yeah, I'm sure they would. But if you're like
1: doing something, like even AFL football for 18 months now, you know, obviously it's a pretty. You know, just rinse and repeat kind of thing like sometimes you do just need a circuit breaker and you see your friends going out partying all the time
0: mm. and you do have to play for Essendon which is depressing to yourself and then yeah. supporters are just idiots mm. so um, Nicky Noodle why don't we take a little bit of a break and then when we come back we can have a chat about our next shellacking against Hawthorne Noodle, Saturday, seventh of May, seven twenty-five PM at Marvel Stadium, which in fact is the same time that Melbourne Victory is playing, which is really disappointing for me because you, I don't have a Melbourne Victory podcast, but I'm probably going to start one at some point. Um, so game crossover here. Um,
1: well, tell me about it.
0: How does how does this game play out?
1: Well, well, firstly, look. You're probably going to be content Saturday night because Eston's going to get flogged, but Victory's going to win. So, oh,
0: and against the old enemy too. Uh, welcome offset. to the Don Father uh, family podcast about Melbourne Victory. Um, <laughs> so we could end Sydney FC's great era of dominance with a shellacking. Anyway, not important. How's it going to go?
1: Um, Hawthorne are a young team as well, and I think that. Probably but they're sets good. Up, uh, they're okay. They're okay. I think they are carried a bit by um, probably their senior players. and yeah. Look, the thing about being like a, like same with with McRae at Collywood, it's like it's your first season. Clubs don't know what to expect in your coaching style, so you can sort of still.
0: And that was a bit with Run last year, I and think there's, as
1: well. There's a, yeah, and there's a new wave of enthusiasm. It's like, oh, a new coach, new coach, and coaches, breath of fresh air. Like, oh, here we go, new year, and so you can sort of catch a few teams off guard with how you're going to play. Um, but yeah, now look, they're a young team and that's a good thing because that means there are fluctuations in the way players play and it also means you can usually, like, they took it up to Melbourne on the weekend purely because they're a young team. It's like, oh, we're playing at the Premiers. Like, you you find something in it to go hard when you're young. I agree. And they're going to look at us and they're going to go, oh, they're 1-6, they're going terrible at the moment. It's an easy five-goal victory mm-hmm. and that's... Only going to make it easier for us to sort of keep ourselves in the game, mm. um, but I think like I'm looking at the stats here, like Sicily, Omira, Mitchell, like they're carried very much by the by their senior players. So it's pretty much I think just a battle of you know who comes out on top, Parish or Mitchell, um, Omira or Merritt. I think the big thing we have to do is you got to stop Sicily, mm. um, and I'm looking at just Jacob because he kicked four goals. Um, but in terms of, like, a key forward, like, Gunston's probably the one I'd be more afraid about. Um, I think
0: Laverde goes to Gunston.
1: Yeah, I, I would think laverti goes as well. Um, And then uh, Kelly goes to Dylan Moore, mm-hmm. or maybe even Wingard. I don't know. But, either way, it's pretty much whoever's top and mature talent gets on top. I think that'll decide the game. Mm.
0: And look, I think our mature talent is at a better stage of their career and we're talking about Parish Merit than uh their mature talent in terms of Mitchell uh Omira etc cetera, etc I think it, now don't get me wrong Mitchell has been a really good player but I think Merit outshines him Parish outshines him and same for Omira now Mm I
1: agree I agree I think their best is probably pass them I'm just looking at their like looking at like Hawthorne's talent now, like the team they fielded last week. And mm. I would say our team is still younger and probably more inexperienced. I agree. Like Blake Hardwick is he's 25. Yep. Um, Jack Frost, he's to be in his late 20s. Like Scrimshaw's 24. Impey's in his late 20s, I would think. Mm. He's 27 Warple. this year. Warpool's 23 this year. But then you still got Sicily, Mitchell, Amira. Hmm. Um connor Nash, he's been around for a few years. He's 24 this year. Like Daniel Howe'd be like 26 this year, I think. Mm. Twenty-seven this year. So I do think I don't think Hawthorne are going as well. Like I said before the young team, but looking at this, it's like, well, maybe they're not as young as I thought they were, and therefore they're not as big improvers as I thought mm. they would be. And that's the same thing when I was looking at Collingwood's team. It was pretty much like only Ginnavan and the younger Dacos, who was mm. like, oh, they're the only really young talent that sort of I really thought about. And it was all still mm. pretty much... They were still fielding a very mature team.
0: Mm. So, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. I think we are still younger. I mean, look at their centre line. They've got on the team they named last week. Wingard Mitchell, Liam Shields. Uh, very experienced. Luke Bruce, uh, Gunston leading their forward line. Very experienced, um, you know their followers. Omira, um, very experienced. It there is experience in that team. The, the core of that team is relatively experienced. They have young players on the fringes, but they're not carrying the team. No,
1: nah. yeah. There's there's not a single young player in there who I'm like, maybe Will Day, who I'd be like, yeah, all right, he's going to be a player. Mm. Um, but Jath, but he's not. Is he injured? Uh, he must be injured. Yeah. Um, which is good for us because he had an absolute field day. He will with...
0: if he plays. He will
1: cut <laughs> us to pieces. Won't have anyone on him. He'll just oh, jeez. Oh, I hope at I'll, least I'll it's good to, to watch, right? Yeah, if he's a very entertaining player when he's not playing <laughs> against you, but yeah. yeah. So um,
0: so who comes in for us? Who goes out? Who comes in? Good question. Do you think Waller comes in? None of our senior listed players played last week in the VFL. Mm, Okay, interesting.
1: Um, Who goes out? Well, look, Waterman only the seven and no goals.
0: Yeah, I don't think that was Waterman's fault, though. Poor service? Yeah, really poor service. I
1: think Baldwin... Like, as much as I love just watching his grunt and just... I don't think he ever gets outmarked, but he doesn't take enough marks. I think Baldwin probably... Let him play in the twos. Let him
0: spend a season in the twos and really develop. Like, there's no... Two, three years with two ACLs, so... Yeah. There's no need to rush him. You don't need to throw games into him. Um, He's going to be a really serviceable forward. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not concerned if he gets dropped. I'm happy for him to play. I'm happy for him to be dropped. He's going to be around for a long time. Mm. I think...
1: I'd probably go Baldwin out, Nick Bryan in. Mm-hmm. And that way, Peter can just sit forward all game because that's when he's yeah. played his, his best footy. Yeah. Um. If Cox is got a proper long term injury, um, do you ooh, do you leave Sheely in?
0: Good question. I would
1: leave Sheely in. Yeah, probably leave Sheely in. He like as um, you said, he probably like he's an ultimate professional and he won't throw the top the toys out
0: the
1: at the pram. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think um, I'd like to see Tipper come in, Mm. but I don't know if he's ready. Yeah. I think we'd all like to see Tipper come in, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I on form, I can't see us winning winning this game, but where this game will be won and lost, I think will be in efficiency going forward. Mm. If we can take our chances then I think we're in with a chance. But I, I'm still feeling like we're going to lose by seven goals. Yeah, I don't think
1: Hawthorne is that, that flashy yet. So I'm I'm going to trust the process because I feel like we're close. And, you know, when the penny drops, we're going to be sitting back going, how good's football? How easy is this? But we're still, yeah, a very... We were just discussing how young and inexperienced we are.
0: So we just... Mm. Yeah, you've got to take the good with the bad. Oh, look, I'll happily have Hobbs in. I think Stringer will be an out. I don't think Stringer will come up for the game. Um, he was clearly... They didn't move him out of the forward line in that last quarter. He was clearly injured. Um, I don't think he'll play this week. Do you reckon Stringer needs a good luck? Just
1: three weeks off to do a mini preseason, shed a few kilos, build up a bit of power and strength,
0: and then have I don't he think he is unfit as in... He's overweight. I think he's unfit, as in not match fit. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Like a couple of years ago, he came back from his syndesmosis and he was overweight. I don't think he is that. He just doesn't have the power that he would have had um, had he finished the preseason properly. Yeah. Um, so we know that Harry Jones is not going to play because Truck said in his press conference that they're going to get three or four weeks of work into him. Andrew Phillips is probably close. Um, And then the only other one's Tipper, who's been playing in the twos, needing to get some fitness.
1: Mm. Let me check the VFL stats as well. Mm. See who played well. Ham had 21. Hind had 20. Hmm. Brian, one goal, 13, 29 hit-outs, yeah. One goal, 13. No, what? yeah, 13 disposals. Oh, I thought...
0: <laughs> nah, 13, 13 points. <laughs> and 14 shots on goal for one goal. <laughs> <laughs> so let me throw this at you. What about this? Nick Hine comes in to play forward, like he did against St Kilda, just to put some forward line pressure in. Bit of zip. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just about who does he
1: come out for? Stringer, Stringer, because Stringer's going to be injured. Stringer or Waterman. If Stringer's injured, yeah. Otherwise, maybe even Waterman, because Waterman's is a diff. He's sort of like a lead-up small forward. He's he's a
0: full forward that's not tall. Is what he's what he Mark Mark Williams top operator. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: it's a tough one. It's about finding the balance. But yeah, I'd probably if you play like yeah, if. If you play Brian and hopefully Brian can take a few marks forward to center, then you don't need like a waterman and you can probably play a hind.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So give us your prediction. What's the result gonna be? I'm gonna trust the process. It's gonna be
1: 13 eight86 to Hawthorns.
0: 11, 10, 76. Oh. Let's see. We'll see next week how close you are. I think we'll lose by seven goals. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have faith. Bit of George Michael. Come on. <laughs> I like that. I might put that in. the. Uh, <laughs> that'll be the, the song in the middle. I like it. Bit <laughs> <The> of George Michael. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Nicky Noodle, as always, it's a pleasure. Are you coming right, on course. Saturday night? Yeah, I'll be there. I might be watching uh, the victory on my phone halfway through this game. <laughs>
1: Hawthorne kicked the first five of the game so he's just like, yeah, right. You go to the I'll bar, switch, just switch tell to put video. on the soccer and say, yeah, leave it there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, team, you
1: where can people find us? Nicky Noodle? They can find us on Instagram at the Don Father. They can find us on the Podbean and they can find us on Spotify and Apple Music at the oh. Don Father Pod awesome
0: awesome as always it's been a pleasure and uh thanks for listening until next time go dogs